Hi, this is Jocelyn, and this episode of Huzzah was sponsored by our friends over at Attack from Mars Games. Their new game, Summoned, is being kickstarted. It's going to be coming out on March 1st. Summoned, the Devil Inside Edition. It's a party game that contains... about D&D Beyond the Rules. I'm Jeff, and I am kind of a DM slash whatever else I need to be for this show. And Kind of a DM? Well, I... You're definitely not a DM. Ex- yeah, well, I am the DM, but I, as most DMs will admit, they have no idea what they're doing, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm Jocelyn Wilson. I'm the consistent player in this scenario, and we have with us today the enchanting Jay Clark. Oh, enchanting. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That's your cue. Oh, my cue. Yes. Uh, I am Jay Clark. I have been role-playing for over 18 years now. I have a good bit of experience in uh, text-based RP. I do a little bit of tabletop here and there once in a blue moon, like when somebody asked me, hey, Jackie, you want to come on a podcast? <laughs> what? Uh, and uh, I have my main games in One World by Night role-play. This is the live-action theater troupe that is uh, all over the United States, in Brazil and Canada. Noise. Mm, very nice. We are very privileged to have her on the show today. Mm, yes. And uh, Jeff, do you want to launch us into our topic? I guess I will. Um, so we, we've talked about uh, creating a character, mm-hmm. um, table etiquette, and uh, giving your character some personality. But uh, a lot of that's still intimidating for a lot of players to come out of their shell. And that's where we brought Jay Clark on because uh, she is a, kind of an expert in helping people come out of their shells. Uh, as a live action role play kind of demands it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, she's a super awesome boss at live action role play. And she brings <laughs> new people in and she's like, it's okay, little new person. Here is how you do this. Yeah. Um, right, Jay Clark? <laughs> well, I mean, it's more like, hey, have you ever heard about the Dark Father? And then just kind of getting people into the setting from there. Praise Kane. <laughs> Praise Kane. <laughs> um, but. A lot of energy that comes out there, it's not always there. It's sometimes it's simmering beneath the surface, but sometimes people come in and it's like, okay, I have this backstory on this paper. I have these mechanics on my sheet. 
okay, I know how I'm supposed to act. Okay, how do I act? Oh, I do. Yeah, right? And you'd think, oh, well, clearly it's like just like a, a theatrical actor. Well, it, not necessarily, because when you have theater, you have people who are going to have certain lines already predetermined. Mm-hmm. But when you go into a LARP, I mean, when, you, maybe you write down some lines like, oh, man, I really want to say this to the prince when I first meet him. Okay, well, what happens once you get past those lines? Mm-hmm. And right. this is where the life really comes into our characters, because... Mm-hmm. Without that life, I mean, once you run out of those lines, if you write any at all, uh, then you're just kind of floundering there. It's definitely a good bit of improv that can be really intimidating for a lot of newer players and even some of our veterans. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, even on tabletop, we've had, I've had situations where I've just, we, we end up reverting to that whole, well, my character does this, or I want to say something like this, and then you have no idea what you're saying. Because you really haven't figured out how your character talks yet. Mm -hmm. Oh man, speech patterns can be such a pain in the rear sometimes. Uh, I have one character that does not use contractions in any way, shape, or form. Her big thing is everything I say, I say with purpose. I do not speak superfluously. And it's kind of intimidating for a lot of people. In fact, when I write emails as her, I usually get referred to as sir because Ah! of just how direct and active the voice is. And then I have to translate that into, you know, live role play like in front of somebody. And uh, it it can definitely be Mm. a bit much. And really with that, I just went for how do I go for stodgy? How do I go for uptight? Somebody who is always in control in some way, shape, or form. And I Mm -hmm. thought about how I wanted to convey that and then started playing with speech patterns. I find a lot of people will also want to play with accents, especially when we have tabletop games. But mm-hmm. then we get weird moments where, like, let's say you're doing a Curse of Strahd game. So mm-hmm. let's all talk like we are from Transylvania now. Transylvania. Or I yeah. guess in this setting, Barovia. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, you got to ask yourself, okay, how do these people talk? Why do they talk that way? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to look at is the backstory. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's say you have your barbarian who grew up with very very few people around or maybe they grew up around orcs and they themselves are humans mm-hmm. uh pick up some of the more like orcish like demeanors that you can think mm-hmm. of maybe very short and to the point maybe they don't sound like they're stupid but how they speak it is very much a they find the shortest way to say something mm-hmm. and that can really impact how you talk as your character whether you choose to go with an accent or even a speech pattern right noise those are i love those tips see i'm learning things too <laughs> yeah it's it's because i think i have a feeling a lot of people and you know i i personally have a love hate relationship with critical role for this reason because a lot of people when you say accents they think they oh i have to talk into a voice mm. and uh we have what, what what's become known as the matt mercer effect and uh just to elaborate on this matt mercer is a wonderful voice actor and absolutely a, a oh, very yeah. kind and loving human being and, and i have nothing but utmost respect for him mm-hmm. um but, but a lot of people but. but a lot of people look at him as this is what my dm is supposed to do every time they're supposed to have a unique voice for every character that I'm going to run across. They're supposed to have a million things planned and they're supposed to create this world with their voice. And I was like, I have a very limited range of voices mm. and accents that I can pull off successfully. And so 
Uh, you may have one character that has a unique voice in my entire campaign, and that's just because that's the one I've devoted the most time to creating because mm-hmm. I am not a professional voice actor. You want to know a good uh, cheat for that for people who aren't professional voice actors? What's Lay that? Lay it on us. Uh, change the tone, change ah. the pitch, the volume, or even the energy. Huh. Uh, one of my favorite DMs when I first got started, a beautiful man by the name of Shane Rogers, he did not often go into these caricature accents, but he would often have a smooth, particular way of talking. Mm. Has that beautiful radio voice mm. for certain certain NPCs, or even if he's just introducing us to the next exposition. But then, even without going into caricatures, he would still then, suddenly we're picking up the energy, and we're getting into the story, and we're all at the edges of our seat, and we don't know what's going to happen next. And I still sound like me, but you're now in a different field of energy. Right. You now have... Ooh, that is so cool. Right? Mm. It's, it's really cool what we can actually do with our voices there. So there you, you don't have to jump into a, a caricature voice right. to really pull off the difference between these NPCs. Mm. I, I've seen some DMs actually physically kind of con- like you know move themselves into well now i'm into a more creepy looking kind of character and i'm kind of st- stuttering a little bit to get you to understand and they get more manic and their whole body gets into it and it changes the entire way that npc is coming across right. so you For don't sure. yeah so you don't have to have professional voice acting training it's about kind of Changing the pacing, changing energy, or even tone. Oh, awesome tips. That was, that was really cool. Like, just by the way, I know you guys don't have the visual on this, but the, the ex, extravagant, lovely, <laughs> enchanting Jay Clark um, was, was just doing that. Like, she kind of hunched over into the thing, and she had a tick, and I was like, what? That was pretty great. I've actually, in live action scenarios before, I have actually thrown myself onto the floor and I have rolled around on the floor getting into that character mindset before. And you know what? The bruises were worth it because people are like, oh my God, I was really there with that person's like, you know, mania. And it's like, you know what? It's a lot of fun. (laughs) It is great to be crazy once in a while. (laughs) Once in a while, she says. (laughs) (laughs) Hardy, har, har, she says. Um, To kind of revisit the matt mercer effect like i think the the moment that people were sort of having like like you said jeff was uh, like so some people expect their dms to be that way mm-hmm. and even like matt mercer and the cast of critical role have said we are not the only way to play this is how we play D. the beauty of D is that you can play it any way you want like you don't right. have to do that but i really love those tips <laughs> yeah i've uh- actually had some problems myself as a player because when i talk about my first dm I had maybe two DMs after him that kind of came from that similar school of thought. Mm-hmm. So my first three DMs got so into the game and they had so much planning that went on top of that, that I actually went for years kind of under a, a similar Matt Mercer effect where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, all of these plans. And I even got to a point where I was writing entire 
theses for these characters like I actually I had an accidental um, clerical heresy happen in one game Uh, but that's just because that's how these particular people played so when I got into other games with other table settings I thought like okay well what's going on here why why don't they have this much planned okay so we're totally going off script here how come this person's not prepared for that and it never struck me that there are so many more ways to play and to be perfectly frank some dms do really well with let's go on the fly well the books are totally off now let's not worry about it but some dms need a little bit more structure and for Mm -hmm. those structured dms I think there are ways where you can kind of put in a way to kind of bring people back into where you need them to go. Right. Uh, but you have to be careful with that because if you're ham-fisted about it, your players are going to resent you. Jocelyn, you just you 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 are someone who's coming off a very a two-year-long campaign with the same character. Good heavens, yeah. Who has uh, I think has grown as a character and as a player. So awesome. I just kind of want to see how. How your evolution process has gone as a as bringing Galerwin from what she was, which she didn't talk very much, to mm-hmm. now she's she's having speeches and things like that of that nature. Right. Um. Well, so like when I first started at, in D and D in the campaign, okay. So Galerwin, we kind of talked about her before. She's the very first character I ever built, and she had a brief sojourn in Fandalin, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a beginner level D and D campaign. And then our group jumped into Barovia, the Curse of Strahd. And so we were in Barovia for two years, mm-hmm. and we just recently finished our uh, our campaign. Like, we're, we're not entirely done. We still have, like, the very end and the epilogue. Right. But we have we have beaten Strahd. We have done the thing. And so Galerwin started out, um, and like, like you said, like, I had a sheet, and I had mechanics, and right. I, I didn't know what I was doing <laughs> at all. But I, I had, like, a really great group of players with me, and they were mm-hmm. willing to kind of let me experiment and mess around with it some and um i don't know it was it was really fun picking up like as as you go along you realize kind of the breadth and the depth of the um innovation is not quite the right word was it uh impromptu no improv improv thank you there you go uh the the improv that you can get into Mm -hmm. like at one point uh, Galerwin just started, I've talked about this before on the show too, but it's my most brilliant bit of Galerwinning, so I'm just going to talk <laughs> about it again. Um, she started collecting like these little figurines and stuff because mm-hmm. she has a lucky frog that she keeps in her pocket, a little jade figurine. It's blessed by the god of luck. And she's convinced, like, there was a s- series of um, get-togethers we had where they just had like a run of bad luck, just terrible. And she's like, well, maybe if I can get everybody a lucky something, it'll be better. So she's been... Like, throughout the last, like, year of the campaign, she's been collecting figurines and trying to find somewhere to get them blessed. <laughs> and um, so we'll, we'll see how that turns out in our last session. But anyway, uh, so, like, Galerwin went from being, like, a flat piece of paper that I knew mm-hmm. could shoot arrows fa- fairly accurately to having kind of some of her own ideas. And that, sat to, I mean, I suppose that sounds a little bit crazy, but... I, could, I started to be able to tell, like, well, Galerwin would like this, or she would act this way, or right. she definitely doesn't want to be in that conversation. And um, so just kind of the more time that I've spent with the character, the more, like, kind of chance I've had for role play, right. obviously. And uh, the more I've gotten into it and kind of started to enjoy it. And so now we'll see where that goes as I create my second character. So when where you're at now with this character, Galerwin, mm-hmm. uh is she anything like you imagined she would have been when you first started playing her? 
anything like I imagined she would have been. Um, I don't think so. Because when I started out, uh, so she starts, like, she, she's still a ranger. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose that's really kind of the only thing that has changed. Because mm-hmm. she started out, and I kind of thought she would be, like, not a face character, but, like, she would talk more. Right. And um, she had several experiences, like, in a row, where she would walk up to some stranger, and the stranger would be like, F, F this noise, I don't, I don't like you, and just, like, attack her. Right. And so she quit. She's like, she has anger issues. She doesn't <laughs> want to talk to people. Like, that just kind of developed. Um, and that all that happened kind of fairly close to the beginning of the campaign. So she had anger issues and stuff. And then she actually started working with the cleric. Right. Um, another group, another member of our group. And she's, she's like, I don't, I don't social good. Can you teach me? Can you teach me the social, <laughs> the civilization? Well, I was going to say, I, I really like the fact that later on in the campaign, she started looking at the characters who had had big social moments and she'd mm-hmm. go, how did you do that? How did you do that? Like I had, I had a session where uh, my character who has no charisma at all, mechanically <laughs> has no charisma, but I role played it in such a way where he used his knowledge of the world around him because he was born in Barovia. So he used the knowledge of the world around him to connect with an NPC who was pretty much a racist and hated every other character <laughs> in our party because I was the only human in the party. And I built a connection and was able to recruit him as an ally without having to roll a single die. Mm-hmm. It was pretty impressive. And, and so Glitterwin goes, how did you do that? And I was like... And he's like, well, you know, a good cigar can solve a lot of problems. So yep. And so it was just one of those. And she's like, can I have one? And he's like, sure, I don't know. It's... Yeah, well, that's one of my favorite things about, like, characters in general is that we can start them with something particular in mind, like maybe a goal or an agenda that we mm-hmm. want to accomplish, but where they wind up at the end, whether they accomplish that goal or they change their minds entirely, mm-hmm. it's just something so fantastic. That's true. But that, that really is great. I yeah. didn't mean to cut you off. I was just chipping in. No, you're good. You're good. Oh, yeah. And so, but I, I just love the journey that Glitterwind's taken over these two years in a campaign just to see how, A, she's evolved, but how you've evolved as a player, too, and being more comfortable and going, okay, this is, this is the way the character acts or talks in this situation. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about a lot of tabletop games is when you first have someone starting out, a lot of people actually do tend to be like Jocelyn, where we're not 100% sure what we're going to do. We're kind of, you know, kind of wading into the shallow waters here. And then before you know it, they're jumping into the deep end. And mm-hmm. once they get to that deep end, we really see who our leaders are. We really see who's going to be very innovative because we see a lot of players who maybe they're not that face person but they've got something about them that they're bringing to the proverbial table here because mm-hmm. maybe they have the strategy that is needed to, you know, go, you know, kick butt and take names and things like that. Uh, or it could be that maybe they are the face person. I've seen so many campaigns where you have somebody who's like, okay, well, I'm probably not going to be a good leader because I don't have a lot of charisma. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. And the next thing you know, they wind up being the leader because, yeah, they're not especially charming or attractive, but they just have this sheer force of presence and personality and intimidation mm-hmm. that says, we need to get this thing done. The building is on fire. We have <laughs> to get out of here. Right. And it, 
it's amazing to see how these people just kind of blossom as they go through the hardships that their characters are going through. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've known so many people that will actually take the lessons that they've learned in tabletop or live action role play, and they find a way to put that on their uh, professional resumes. That's awesome. Oh yeah, I actually do a bit of nerdy networking with a lot of my associates in the nerdy communities. She included me, and she's super good at it too. <laughs> well, yeah, that, I think we did an hour session there. We did. But what it is is just kind of looking at the skills we're picking up in these tabletop situations or these LARP situations, and we're applying that to our professional skills. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, you are the the face person who is leading the charge in this. Okay, we can translate that into leadership or team building skills. Mm -hmm. Or if you are organizing three different armies from several different regions and trying to like, you know, get something done. Oh, okay. So you're accustomed to cross team building. Mm -hmm. I've seen some cool examples, like you were saying about people putting it on their resumes and it was translating a uh, meeting every two weeks for D&D to <laughs> met bi-weekly for team building uh, situations and uh, problem solving, uh, problem solving yeah. uh, uh, applications or something like that. And I'm like, and that's totally right. It's it really is. cool. So let's just kind of try and put everything together and give us some concise tips for people Keeps. trying to break out of their shells a little bit and trying to give more to the game than just I uh, show up, I roll dice, and I get experience or gold. Okay. <laughs> so, happens. So, yeah. Well, one of my favorite things to do is kind of do a what would my character do if or what would my character's favorite something be? They actually have uh, books in, your, in a, a normal bookstore where they'll have a DD and d section where mm. it'll have like a big book of questions that what would your character do in this situation? Or what is in your character's backpack? Or what is the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to them? Mm -hmm. So just kind of asking. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a lot of them like that. Um, There's a lot of uh, online personality tests that you can do for uh, your RP characters. But just asking those basic questions. Um, Myself and a bunch of the ladies in my organization have actually had sit-down conversations of, okay, well, what's her favorite perfume or what do they smell like? Or, you know, what's their favorite article of clothing? Uh, one of my favorites, which is kind of hysterical is what kind of underpants do they like to wear? Yeah. <laughs> and just simple things that you ask yourself that seem kind of absurd or silly, but it's something that kind of tells you about the character. For sure. I've written a character that uh, their signature scent tends to be lavender. And somebody once asked me, okay, well, why lavender? Well, this character is plagued by nightmares, and growing up, they had always been told that lavender is supposed to help soothe those nightmares, so she tends to sleep with a satchel of lavender like under her pillow to kind of help with that, and it's the scent that kind of sticks to her. So, I mean, something so simple like that as far as, uh, what does your character smell like? It can still tell part of the story. For sure. So, asking those questions, asking yourself those questions about your character can really just help flesh them out and give you ideas for how to portray them. And I mean, these are things that you don't really ask yourself as a person because you just kind of already experienced them, but you do have these moments in real life. Right. That is so cool. Best tips. Yeah. So uh, tip number one, ask yourself those character questions. I definitely say that's a big one. I think my tip would be I mean it's, it's very related to what Jay Clark said so it's like thinking about like I hadn't thought about it that way like asking what's your favorite underwear but but definitely that sort of thing like 
um, for me, the like taking something spontaneous that happens within the campaign and mm-hmm. then building on it. Mm-hmm. Like she got that lucky frog. Like that was a total freak thing. It was in the very first uh, session we ever did. Uh, we went like me and Jeff's character, I think we, we split off from the party. Mm-hmm. We went to visit the shrine of luck. Cause I was like, luck, that sounds great. I could use some luck. And um, I don't even remember how I got the jade frog. Uh, we looted it from the first yeah, we looted it from cavern somewhere. that we went through. So I had it, and we're at the Shrine of Luck, and I'm like, bless this, please. So they do. And then I have this lucky frog, and I don't, like, that just grew to be such a large part of her character. Like, it, it even became a thing. Like, I would actually say, I rub my lucky frog, and then I take a shot. And it became such a big thing that our DM actually had a counter. Like, he was keeping right. count of how many times Galeer would rub this lucky frog. And after, like... I forget how, what the number was that he picked, but after I rubbed it that many times, or after Galerian rubbed it that many times, it it became an official like lucky token. Like it actually affected my ability score, not my ability scores, yeah, but it, it made some sort of effect when yeah, I yeah, it became attack. a it became a magic item. Is essentially That's what so happened. This actually sounds like a a good tip for the player and for the DM themselves. For the play, I guess if I had to put it all together take those small moments and build on them mm-hmm. as a player you can do this by forming habits i could easily see somebody turning this into a near maniacal thing where it's like this is a daily ritual that i have to do now right or like what you did which was turned it into that lucky item as the dm something that you can do there is just kind of pick up on them like okay well, this is not necessarily something that is going to be indicative to building the the larger world itself or even the story, but yeah. you can give your player that that personal story mm. there. And this is where a lot of DMs, even the ones who prefer structured stories, find a lot of success yeah. because it reinvests your player into the environment itself. Mm-hmm. So that's I really like that. Uh, I guess I would, if I had to shorthand that, Take the small moments and build on them. Right. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? You got anything? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I was going to talk about the DMs. Is just, once again, pay attention to your players because <laughs> they're <laughs> going to give you a lot of tips. But as a DM, you have, uh, you just have the whole world you have to deal with. And coming out of your shell, it, it can be intimidating when you got a list of, you know, just take Barovia. I've got about 30 or 40 named NPCs Boy. in that <laughs> book that I have to, that <laughs> all have backstories and so many. things. Yep. And you're just like, uh, but if you if you break it down to okay, each one has uh, one motivation usually that's driving them to achieve whatever goal they're trying to achieve. Okay, why is that their motivation? What 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 shapes them, and what are they going? What are they willing to do to achieve their goal? Mm-hmm. That's that's really the big deal for me. Is if you know how far they're willing to go, right? You can drive that character pretty easily. Like, I mean, Strahd's the easiest one. He's willing to do whatever it takes to achieve his goal. And right. his goal is kind of a weird, perverted sense of love for this one woman. So that's all he cares about. And he's willing to do whatever it takes to get her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's just kind of that interesting thing that the players just happen to be dropped in this world or they have to interact with him. And but How so. would you shorthand that? How would I shorthand it? Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, pretty much, uh, I did shorthand which part of it. So no, like your, your like tip, if, you know? so if we had to put this into like oh, a bullet okay. list, how okay. would you shorthand it? Um, I think it's it's the concise sentence is 
how far are your characters willing to go? Ooh, I like that. That's really mm-hmm. good. I how think far I'll is probably... your character willing to go? What's what's the what's their line? Okay. Because um, you know, if you if you know where that line is, you know how ruthless or how good they're going to be. Because uh, an assassin thief probably has a has a lot <laughs> a lot looser line than say uh, a paladin. That's stereotyping, sir. <laughs> <laughs> As somebody who ran with a rogue as a paladin, and are like, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> what are you doing? Do not. And the rogue's like, meh, doing it anyway. And something else I would add would be consider the character outside of the game. Mm. Now, this is something that I would recommend being a little bit careful with as a player and as a DM as well, mm-hmm. because you do want to bring life to the character. So considering, you know, their antics in between sessions or even taking in a little bit of creative writing, journaling, things like that, that can be really cool for building the character. But you want to make sure, hey, you're still experiencing real life as well. You don't want to make yourself all about that play. We play the game right. as a lovely little escape. We don't turn it into our whole life. Yes, very true. So uh, just outside of game considerations, Uh, I know something that I've done. This is part of how I became an accidental heretic in uh, in one of my first games. Uh, I sat down and thought about uh, the religious aspects of the game itself. As the game session was happening, I figured, you know, I'm not going to be able to really think on this a lot while we're in game, but this is really neat. So I, I made a little note for myself later on, and I made a point to sit down with my DM at one point. You know, like, this is something I'd really like to explore, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much time I'll have to do that in, in game. So he recommended some writings and some books. And so, you know, when I had a little bit of time here and there, I thought about it. And then at one point we had a game session where we had a little bit of research we were going to be doing. So, you know, we're rolling dice to see how our lores are going to react to certain things and how we're going to be able to achieve and accomplish things. And at this point in time, it's like, okay, got this. So I did well on all of my roles and I already had like a few paragraphs of thesis, like on the spot. And it really added to the element of the game itself. But then I also got branded a heretic by the by the main church, which you know, hey, that's just what happens sometimes. <laughs> I guess, <It's, laughs> yeah. But uh, it still it added so much to right. it, and mm-hmm. I eventually got to a point where I could not physically drive to the game anymore because uh, I wound up moving out of state and then oh. moving back into Atlanta after the fact. But what I would do occasionally is write things up for the DM just because it's like, you know, I was so enamored by the campaign and the character. I was like, all right, you you don't ever have to use this for your game. But, you know, I was hoping I could share this with you. And he's like, hey, thank you so much for that. And then during one of his sessions, the characters were actually worried about my character who couldn't come to game anymore. So they scried on her and he had this full write-up already prepared. I had no clue he was going to use it for game. And the really awesome part about that was after he, you know, finished up that scene, they're like, wow, it's like she was really here. It's like, well, actually, you guys. (laughs) Actually. So allowing yourself to consider the character a little bit outside of the table can be really good. Mm -hmm. But again, bear in mind, real life comes first. That's true. Yeah, I think that's where, like, I know there was kind of like a D&D scare. Like, I remember when we were younger, most, <laughs> most parents, no, I know, most parents in my sort of group of friends, like, well, I don't know, we never really came across D&D, but I remember hearing kind of on the periphery, 
of my life experience that you know like D D was evil and i think it was it was that like it was that it was people who would get into it and they were no longer themselves they were their character they were only their character like no real life was happening yeah we can see this in other hobbies as well too mm. it is not exclusive to D by no. any stretch of the no. imagination it's about how much you throw yourself into what is getting your attention right. it's just because of uh because of the nerdy hobby itself and because of how knew it was to a lot of people who weren't quite accepting of it yet it was a little bit more terrifying say as opposed to somebody who would throw a fit during a large sporting event or like you know throwing a chair at their kids t-ball game like that person that person is the same guy who is sitting at the round table there who was throwing his dice against the wall because they rolled terribly Mm -hmm. really it's just about the personality types there Mm -hmm. which I hate to say it, but when it comes to our hobby specifically, we do have to be a little bit more careful because while we're a lot more accepted than we used to be, we still have to bear in mind that, you know, that one person that's throwing a fit, they're going to color the entire community. So it's important to remember that, yes, invest yourself into the hobby. Think about your character outside of the table, but at the end, and this is the golden rule, no matter what game you play, or at least it should be, remember... It's just a game. Agreed. Yeah. Woo! That's your cue there, Joseph. Oh, is that my cue? I got really excited. <laughs> well, Aunt Jeffy says there's nice things about me. I just wanted to mention that I feel like you have grown also as a DM. Oh, you're like, so sweet. Oh, well, it's true, though. As I get to ready to murder your characters. Okay. Oh, boy. You can can try, my friend. I intend to derail your campaign entirely. Entirely. Uh, That's all we want. It got derailed in this episode one, so... Script? What is script? (laughs) I I don't run off... What is this script you speak of? Yes. All right, so tell me about the shenanigans that I am currently involved in. Okay, so last time we were uh, all met together, well... Uh, Ian and uh, Alora were tasked with going to retrieve the stolen crown of the elves, and uh, they had uh, scouts had tracked it down to a bandit camp and sent you guys ahead to go infiltrate and recover. Ian decided infiltration was not his specialty. Nope. And decided to immediately start killing the guards. Uh, I or- go with my strengths. <laughs> Uh, after which uh, a huge battle ensued with all the bandits in the camp, plus a few surprise guests so uh, and some dark elves. Um, and as a result, you guys are now stuck in web uh, with uh, being restrained after a female dark elf has cast a spell of webs around you. You oh know, my. that just sounds so <laughs> negative. I would prefer to look at this as... Uh, unnecessarily prone <laughs> so that, you know it's like it. it's fine we we will get a way out of here yeah we will i think i have a thing but it depends on how the dm rolls okay so well, we'll see how it goes. You're, you're, you're you've got a you got a minute before your turn <laughs> oh crap turned turn to what are you are you getting turned to stone are you stoning i, I don't know what, what what do you do at that school oh, of yours spider <laughs> all right we're, uh, we're, we're stuck in webbing we are stuck in webbing. Uh, so webbing. as a result, um, the remaining bandits are going to go ahead and uh, and uh, come up to you and, and just try and uh, do some stuff. Mainly, uh, let's go, let's see, where, 
I need to describe the scene again, just so you guys have yeah, I was aware. Gonna say, I remember something yes. about like. So you you guys corner. are still on the edge of the camp because Enon didn't even wait till he got in the middle of the camp. He charged. He uh, he he attacked the guards as they were entering. Mm-hmm. You guys have retreated southwards to uh, behind the southernmost building of this camp in uh, in some thick foliage. Um, and you were able to eliminate a few bandits, but you didn't realize the extent of their numbers. So that's where we're at. You are engaged with, I believe, five bandits and three uh, mysterious uh, dark elves that have arrived. They don't stand a chance. <laughs> so much bandit. <laughs> you know, like you. Uh, all right. So we're just going to work our way down. I believe it is. We got a mo. We got... It is one. Uh, we have one bandit. bandit then Ian and will uh, yeah, you're get be the a next chance one to something. do something. You have the. Uh, you have it over there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's. Uh, I believe these bandits are still. Most of them are still pretty far away because you guys ran. So he's just gonna take a pop shot with. Weren't his... we like in the middle of a clearing and then we ran away and around? You the ran into of some building. woods behind a building, mm. and there he's he's going to attempt to shoot at. Ian, who has killed uh, at least one bandit, I believe. It's just so negative. I mean, killed, I, I say make <laughs> sure that they don't move again. <laughs> so he screams at frustration, and he uh, fires his crossbow, and that's a 22 to hit, which Jeez. your AC is 16, am I correct? Yes, sir. Okay, that Let will... Poop. Okay, that, that, that die is good, so we're going to keep that one in the Holy shit. And he hits you for four piercing damage. Four piercing damage, got it. All right, and uh, that is all he can do at his turn, so he is going to pass it on to Ian. All right, let's see. I'm going to try to get myself unstuck, because this seems like a good idea. Oh, and I am filled with good ideas, as we have seen so far. <laughs> yes, many of them. All um, right, so you will, uh, yes... Um, okay, so you restrained. Make a strength check for it. Okay. We'll see you about. Haha! <laughs> I I struggle mightily, but I don't think I quite got it. What was that roll there? It was a two, sir. <laughs> two <laughs> plus your two. strength modifier. Plus my strength modifier is. Which, yeah, that's yeah. four, sir. <laughs> so Inan struggles greatly, and you can see the you can see him really pulling on this. On this weapon, he is called both wonderful and disgusting at the same time in this sword that he carries. And the sword just can't, won't give, so he, he resigns himself to, to slump back down to reattempt. I'm tired and- now. <laughs> tired. The, 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 the massive, like, expulsion of energy all at once. It just drained you a little bit. Meanwhile, I like how you're also helping to narrate what I'm doing. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. Oh. Meanwhile, the. Uh, good times, good times. As you two look up, you see. Uh, more crossbow bolts coming in towards you. No. Uh, Do not want. But they fly wildly and Woo-hoo! break against the stone standing behind you. Slick. M- meanwhile, uh, Laura looks up and she sees one of the uh, one of the the elf-looking creatures move closer to her uh, as it. Uh, I'm a wolf at the moment, right? I think. I think you're still, still a wolf. Or did I get wolf? Did I get? No, you got knocked out of wolf. Ah, right, yeah, right. you are now. Um, 
and he is actually going to attempt to uh, grapple uh, you, Alora. But I am webbed. Yeah, but grappled is a different. I don't like this at all. So you will take a it is a, it is a contested strength check, please. Uh, what do I do? I just just rolling with your strength modifier. Um, oh that would be a mighty six. Oh, so you uh, and he he rolled uh, much better. Man. Uh, so he and Al has you uh, has you has you locked up and and held very closely and tightly. And uh, as you hear the uh, the female elf say, "Bring her to me." No, I had a cool thing I was gonna do, and you're ruining it. Well, it is your turn, so you can attempt something. Oh, great! Well, I would like to—I've only done one wild shape, so I'd like to wild shape again into a giant spider. To a giant spider. Do you have giant the stat spider. block for the giant spider? I do. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, you 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 will wild shape. You are still technically grappled. Yes, but now I have web walker, so I can ignore movement restrictions caused by webbing. Does that do anything that, for that me? I will remove the restrained. Uh, Restrained uh, condition from Great. It. Can my spider break free of the grapple? You can attempt it. You will use the spider stat block as opposed to your own. So you That's will fine. have to still But I, do I still it. can because like my action was wild shape, right? Yeah. And then No, uh, yes, you're uh, so you wouldn't be able to do it this turn. It's not like a bonus action? No. Contesting uh, a grapple would be an action. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Do you have does the spider actually. have any bonus actions? Um, I don't think so. And your wild shape is still an action for you, correct? I'm not really sure, to be entirely honest. Hang on. I believe it is. Wild shape. I know I get to do it twice per short rest. Uh, oh, but my bonus action, I can do a spirit totem. Why don't you... Oh, no, I've, I've already done that once, haven't I? It's once per short rest. Oh, yeah, you did do a spirit mm-hmm. totem already. Well, so what, what sort of things can I do as a bonus action? Like... Um... Because action, I know I got. It would have to be specifically called out as a bonus action. So unless you have items, uh, some spells would be a bonus action potentially. Mm. Hang on here. Let's see. Oh, as a bonus action. Nope, that's the spirit totem again. Sorry, never mind. So I'm guessing you don't have anything right now. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Because spell, like there's wait, there's spells that you can bonus action, yeah. I believe there are spells that have the bonus action tag, but I don't know if you have any prepped. Uh, I don't know. Carry on. Anyway, we will move on to uh, another bandit who's just going to, once again, shoot at your soldier who is there. And Knight, sir. Knight. Knight. Knight, uh, well, indeed. And, and once again, misses wildly as you are still struggling to pull that sword out of the ground, apparently. Uh, so we are going to move on to our drow priestess, who uh, was the one who got you in this web situation to begin with. Um, webs. How do I find my... Didn't I used to have spell... Oh, wait. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Carry on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. That's no, cool. I know what I'm doing. You, you, are you I sure? totally know. Are you sure? Do you know what you're doing? Does a cantrip count as a bonus action or cantrip's an action? It depends on the cantrip. Uh, and, uh, yeah. She is, uh, let's see what we're gonna do, yeah. Actually, she's, she's gonna do this. This is what I had planned to anyway. So, she says, I bore of this labor, and she lifts up her hands 
and she begins chanting. No, stop the chanting. And she is going to cast a wonderful spell. And I thought I had another one out here, but apparently I don't. This is probably around. Oh, there it is. So many dice. Why is the DM smiling? I am not smiling. I'm doing math, so I'm not smiling. Laurel. <laughs> okay, idea got. Uh, so let's see who. Actually, Ian, uh, you're as you're struggling with your your the sword, struggle. your eyes the begin to real. fade, and 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 you slowly become immensely sleepy mm. as you as you as you fade to black. You are now asleep. No! That's that's perfectly fine. You know, I needed a nap anyways. <laughs> Rest. The sword was really heavy. <laughs> so Apparently. much heavy. It was, it was a struggle. All right. The struggle uh, is real. Hashtag. Yeah, so... Um, Next. And it, uh, we're going to just... It's, it's a lot of you, Jeff. Yeah, it's going to be... Uh, we're going to go straight down uh, the... the, the uh, elf is going to carry... Is going to bring you back to the priestess. And Mia Laura, just you, yeah. Um, the other, uh, another one of the elves is going to pick up Ian in since he is a, nice and asleep now, and just bring him as well. I really needed a nap <laughs> so much. Nap. So he was no longer restrained by the webs, but he is fast asleep. But I am also still Speedray. You are, you are still Speedray. Um, and he, but he, you are going to. Take one hit. Why am I hitting? What? One of the bandits. Why am I taking a hit? I thought you were just carrying me. What is yeah. he doing? Well, I have a bunch of mobs here, remember? And it is your turn next, but I have to do this first. Okay. Uh, okay, you can take four damage. That's it. All right. And, okay, it's your turn. What do you want to do? Um... Let's see. So we're both currently being carried as babes she in arms. She is passed out. Right. Uh, yeah, excuse me. Did you just assume my gender? I am a male knight, oh, sir. Oh, yeah, that's knight. right. I'm sorry. Ian and is passed out. And a sleep male knight. Um, I would like to... Hmm, I don't know. I want to make a web attack because that looks like fun. Okay. Who are you going to try and do a web attack at? The priestess of Lolf. Okay. You would think they would be cool with speed rays. I know, right? Their goddess is a spider. I don't understand why they're taking all this anti-spider action. Oh, uh, yeah. What's the uh, what's the hit pool hit? What's the life of your spider? My spider is twenty-six. Twenty-six hit points. Okay, so you've only taken four. Which is actually well, twenty-two. It's right? more than my the current one, huh? It's twenty. So just keep and keep track of that yeah. one as well. Anyway, continue so, on. I'm making the attack. It's a web attack. Okay. Natural Woo! 20! Yes! A critical hit against this priestess. Okay. Yar. Okay. It was plus, plus five to hit, which didn't matter in this case. But, um... So roll your damage dice twice and add your modifier. Um... Uh, so, I rolled a d20 again? I don't, oh, no. DC 12. Hang on. It doesn't really have a damage dice. What? what I know it should, but... What's the, uh... It should have a damage. What, what is the... What's the attack? That one? 
Can I? Five hit points. Skills, stealth. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the giant okay. spider, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So web, ranged weapon attack, plus five to hit. Mm-hmm. Range 30, 60 feet, one creature. If I hit, the target is restrained by webbing. As an action, the restrained target can make a DC 12 strength check, bursting webbing on a success. Webbing can also be attacked and destroyed. AC 10, HP 5. Oh, you did, it. You did the web attack. Yeah. There is. It's not a damaging spell. It's just a. Oh, okay. It's just a restraining. But can she be extra restrained because natural twenty? <laughs> I can. I will. It would be a more. I will make it a more difficult check if that's what you would like. Yes, please. I would like it to be restrained such that like not only is she restrained and either like stuck to something or just sort of all wrapped up and can't move, but also like her entire head and face covered in webbingness. Okay. So that she cannot do like you know vocal spells and stuff. Remember, kids, asking the DM is always free. Yes. Yeah. Asking. Uh, all right. Well, so you shot it in her face, essentially, so she cannot use sort of the face chest region. So I, I wish it to be completely entombed from the waist up. All right. Well, she's gonna. Let's see. So the initial spell DC is, or the save DC to get out of it is a twelve, right? right. You rolled a nat twenty. I did, sir. So we'd up that by a whole difficulty, I think. Noise. I don't but, know what that means exactly, but it sounds good. Yeah, but she she rolled a twenty on her. So, ah! <laughs> so man, it, it, it's one of those. As good as you are, she rolled better. I am merely a student. <laughs> so she uh, she pulls the webbing away from her face and says, "That was naughty." <laughs> that was naughty. Um and. Because we're going to have some fun. And I'm trying to think what she wants to do to you. <laughs> I don't know many ways she could cause us damage and harm. Don't give him ideas. <laughs> Won't do it. Well, you, you are currently being held by one of hers. so. Um, but again, I am still spider. Does that not slap in her heart at all? Not really, because she's just going to attack you twice. Also, I am female. And They're big on females and spiders, these lolfs. But she saw you before you were a spider. Oh, but I was still a female. Drow. They're kind of more pro-drow. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Very true. Does uh, a 15 hit you? Uh, Probably. Hang on. Which yeah, it does. Okay. 15 oh, does. Oh, high elf. She doesn't like you. Oh, gosh. That's true. I am very... So, first attack is for seven damage. Okay. No, eight. Uh, I'm sorry, eight. Eight damage. And then she's going to swing again. And that's going to hit as well for another two, three damage. I have to do my math. Okay. And that... Um, and then, uh, yeah, so pretty much everybody's going to take shots at you to knock you out, essentially, is what they're trying to do. Ian, go ahead and make a con save. Let's see if you can wake up. (laughs) Let let us see. Yay! 19. That's pretty good. Okay, you're stirring. And you, 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 you open your eyes and realize you are being held by this, this, this other elf but one with very pale skin drow elf and it is your turn so that was that was pretty much uh what you did to you wake yourself up 
I, I don't know how I feel about being held like this. There's also I mean, this like that. trail of drool going down. I'm, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> not This is okay. very undignified. Then, not befitting your station. Alora will mm. take another six points of damage to her spider Son form. of a something. Like I said, they're trying to knock you out, essentially. I don't like it at all. Um, and she's going to do the same thing. And let's just do this. For another five points of damage. Yeah. And now we'll get back to Ian and, and he can do what... Let's see what he wants to do. Oh man, I'm a person again. You're a person. So I you magically burn transformed back into a person inside the arms of one of these drow elites. However, I did not take... Uh, I did not take... Pardon me. Any um, further damage. Like, a, so I'm just back to being a person. All right. Ian? Well... Uh, the great sword was not doing me too well, but you know I've got this great thing where I can actually just you know hit somebody an arm strike for those of you at home. So I'm gonna try to punch him, punch their faces. Punch him. You know what? It's not gonna work. I gotta get this jewel off my face first. Because <laughs> that was a that was a crit fail. Wow. So you just kind of like you almost look like a. Uh, a baby who just doesn't want to be held right now. Yeah. As you're swinging wildly and the drow is just kind of okay. <laughs> what? Uh, the drool. So. Your mother looks like a mind flayer. Oh. <laughs> Ow. So let's see. Uh, so you are currently still being grappled. Right. Um, we are going to try and grapple Inan now. So since he is now awake and he can probably move. So let's do a opposed strength check, please. Okay. Oh. Well, you, what did you get? Because that was probably one of my worst rolls today. Seven. Ah, so seven. So meets uh, it, beats it, I guess. That's a kind of a horrible roll to meet it, beat it. But so... Technically, you're grappled. More <laughs> like engaged, really. But terrible. it was it was a pretty bad roll. Yeah. Alora, I mean, they're trying you, really hard not to engage you, with the drool and yeah. stuff like that, so it's kind of awkward all Alora, around. What are you gonna Slippery. do over there? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I would like to. So I'm grappled, right? You are grappled. I am grappled. Hmm. How are you looking, healthy wise? Are you healthyish? <laughs> not so much healthy. Okay. She's taking. Uh, he's taking some hits. How close are we together? Could I reach Ian and like didn't work out? Uh, you could attempt. Uh, you're kind of cl- you're kind of next to each other. I was gonna say, but I mean, like just just looking at him, would I be like, there's no way I could reach Ian? You could probably reach him. Okay. So you're probably standing pretty close together. Great. Cause... I would like to cast cure wounds. Okay. At the second level? Hmm, no, hang on. Uh, yeah, I think I will. I think second level sounds good. Cure wounds, second level. Okay, what are you rolling? I don't know. I'm rolling because that's what I do. When no, I how, how what, you don't um, roll a d20 on it. You're right, wounds. I'm sorry, it's 2d8 plus 2. Yeah. Although that was a really great roll and I'm sad that it's gone now. You burned a good roll. For All shame. Right. For shame! Ooh, that's good though. Uh, 7 and 5 is what, 12? Uh, plus another 2 is 14. So, so you both get 14, or she gets 14. Uh, or, hang on, let me, let me check. I don't uh, think it, no, that's mask your wounds that we get both so of I, you. I reach out, I grab Ian, in, and he regains 14. He looks so much healthier all of a sudden. Yeah. Much more invigorated. I feel yes. so much better now. All right. Oh, and I did it at second level, 
Oh, increases by 1d8. Oh, I get to do another d8. Hang on. Oh, you... you because it's I passed be... it at second level. Yeah. So I'm going to do it again. Go ahead. I mean, I get I basically get one more d8. Oh, so I'm going to get another four. Sweet. Inan is looking very healthy at So point. much more healthy. Maybe this will impact my dice rolling. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, so the priestess just looks at, uh, looks at you and goes, Oh, young ones, what brings you here? Well... Oh, are we having a conversation now? We are having a conversation. I am willing to engage in this conversation if you stop hitting me. (laughs) Well, if you stop resisting... How about you stop trying to hit me, and I'll stop trying to resist? I believe we can reach an accord. Okay. Okay. Does this sound good? I like good? it. Okay. I'll follow your lead, man. Okay. <laughs> now, sir, if you could stop hugging me. <laughs> you, you, are, you are put down, but you and notice... I will, I will keep my hand above my sword so he knows that it's like, hey, I'm not yeah. grind, trying to grab my sword anymore. I take a step back. All right. You do notice weapons are still drawn and pointed, so... I would also like to... I had some struggling trying to grab my sword earlier, so, you know, I'm just... I'm making sure that they know where my hand is. Right, right. Okay. Good call. Good call. I also will step away from my captor person. Just just edge away a little bit. You still feel a strong hand on your shoulder. I was only edging a little bit. Okay. um, So, uh, yeah. So, the question is still to you. Oh, we are here to get the stuff that you may or may not have stolen. Did, did we know for a fact that they stole it? No, but they're in the same sort of area. <laughs> I feel like this should have been a question that should have been asked before, but you know what? I probably made the best decision at the time anyways. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I'm looking for this thing. I'm going to describe the crown and talk about how awesome it is. This is something that I need to get back. Have you seen it? Yeah, what he said. (laughs) Love it. Uh, Oh, you you came for the crown. Yeah. Yar. Oh, I, I, I believe these, these, these humans may have, may have have it in their possession. These humans are currently trying to grab us. Are you working with the humans? Are they working for you? Or are you just hanging out having a party? Because, uh, you know, sometimes parties people, are good. We, yeah. we happened upon their camp. And, and then? Well, they were, they were quite hospitable. Okay. But I, I do believe I've seen the shiny object you, you are looking for. Sweet. Do you mind if we just carry on and go get it and we will leave and then you don't have to look at our disgusting faces anymore well i was under the impression it was theirs definitely not theirs do you have any proof do we have any proof we wait don't we have some paperwork from the guy the guy back at the town i believe you uh, you have something i I wish to dig frantically through my bag for paperwork i'm gonna dig i'm gonna dig i'm gonna dig i'm gonna find the paperwork and i'm gonna be like give it here paperwork uh, Actually, I'm not going to let it go. I'm just going to hold it up like in front of her face. Hmm. Interesting. Normally, I wouldn't care. But? But you are elves. Yeah. High elves regardless, but 
Okay. It's better than human. It's yes. true. It's true. We smell a lot better. Also, I mean, look at these features. Like, these cheekbones could cut glass. We, we care not for the, the happenings of the high elves. Right. Okay. She looks over to the bandit captain. Is this theirs? Look at the bandit captain. He's, he looks a little sheepish. And he's like, we, we, we may have procured it from a from the from the elves forcefully procured it without permission sir yes which Forced. point she goes do be a dear and go fetch it for them so that they can return home yes please do what the lady says the scary lady they they prove no threat to you or yours i'm not sure if i should feel insulted Shh, don't correct the lady i wasn't correcting i was just more of an aside to you i was no, don't correct the lady you're right. And you're most magnificent emissance, lady, <laughs> lady man. He goes and he brings back a, a bag. And it's got a heavy Le thing bag. in it. And he kind of goes, here, this is, here it is, and hands it to you. Uh, uh, you should probably open that up and take a look at it. Girls are better at this jewelry thing. Uh, <laughs> thank you. This is very true. I'm like, thank you, sir. As I take the bag and I'm going to like open the drawstring and I'm going to look down. What do I see? There is a crown in there. Is it the would crown? Would you like to pull it out so you can actually look at it a little bit better than in a dark bag? I would like to sort of half unwrap it, like just sort of okay. roll the bag down so I can see like half of it. In the it sunlight. does look very much like the one that you were you were told was missing. But I mean, that's what you can. Do tell you have any appraisal or anything like that that could tell you what for? Because you know, again, girls and jewelry. I mean, that's your thing, right? <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, uh, I've looked through the paperwork. Do I have anything in the paperwork? Roll an uh, investigation. Or, yeah, an investigation. Why are you just assuming that as a girl, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure where our relationship is going here. <laughs> Natural 20. Okay, this is, this appears physically to be the exact crown that you're looking for. Appears? Can I, like, magically? Is there I some said sort of physically it appears, appears to be the uh, exact crown you're Yes, for? but can I... As, there, there, as far as you know, there's no magical properties to the crown. You know what? But you say physically, like there's some other aspect that Well, that's missing. all you did was investigate it physically. Uh, can I do an arcana roll? You can do an do arcana it. roll. I want to see what how Ian's arcana uh, checks are. <laughs> nine plus one, that is going to be a tensor. There's a slight tingling, but it could be the fact that this, this uh, lady was casting magic all over the place. Hmm. So there's tingling about this crown, mm -hmm. but again, this is not my expertise. Would you like to examine for tingling? <sighs> I would like to make a tingle check. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Natural 20 once again. Okay. There is definitely some kind of magical presence about the crown, but once again, you were only told the physical description. You do I don't know. know if it's a positive or a negative sort of magicalness? Um, you do know it's... It's a heavy magic presence, but you are not familiar with the type of magic that is being emanated. There's a definite tingle. You were correct. Well, hopefully this is a positive tingling <laughs> that we can report back on. This does appear to be something that uh, you, you uh, in your all your your limited studies, you have never experienced anything like this, so you would not know. Uh, what it, what it but it doesn't have like an overtly evil flavor. It, it's... Not really. It's it kind of a new, It's more neutral. A neutral. neutral. It's not good or bad. It's one of those. Kind of depends on how it's used. Okay. So, okay. Uh, sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. 
uh, like out of character. I know that this crown's supposed to belong to the arch something or no, other, right? No, this is what's used to coordinate the new king. Coordinate the new king, okay. Or queen, whichever, however they... Uh... So, does anything that I know about that ceremony, like... Never mind, there's not really well, a you're, you're, you Remember, you're kind of from the rural area. Oh, the coffee is finished. <laughs> uh, Fresh coffee. I guess I, I was trying to see if there was... if. Like, from what I knew about the coronation ceremony, if something about the crown seems off, like, from what I know about that. Not that you're aware of, but right. once again, you don't know a lot about high society. Okay. You are kind of from oh, the states. So, e so, Ian, hey, hey, dude, dude. Okay. I know a thing or two about nobility. Can you describe the tingling to me? <laughs> I was going to say, this feels like a noble sort of tingle. I know nothing about noble. Uh, well, it's not you, necessarily however, noble. It's just a high-level match. You, however, know about nobility things. So, from my experience, my noble, noble experience... So From what I have been described to by this person whose name I probably remember, but it's not as important right, right now because right, right. she's not as noble as I am. Yeah, <laughs> is there anything kind of off about this crown? Um, you do know that usually the the king or queen is somewhat of with some magical presence okay. and it could be from the items that they are given or it could be from their personality. Once again, you, you, you are, mm -hmm. your family is noble enough to be in the ranks of the military, but not of the high court. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take this back. It is going to be thoroughly examined. And if uh, this is not what it needs to be, then we'll just come back for the bandits and slaughter them all. And then, you know, and invite our cousins <laughs> here. I will motion to the drow to tea. So, and to thank you, thank them for their troubles. How does that sound? I like it. Fist bump. All right, and Boom. so fist bump happens. The you are, they give the drow give you a slight bow. Uh, thank and you. I will. See you I will up. very formally like return the bow because you know as <laughs> as pompous as I am, by God, I know how to do a formal bow, and I will thank the lady. What's her name? What is your name, my dear? Oh, what is her name? Hold on. Even I have it on my sheet. <laughs> actually, I have a cheat sheet for this. Just so everyone knows. I was prepared. I just didn't have that sheet open. I mean, because he can make up the name on the spot, but I don't think it's going to allow them to survive this encounter. Yeah. <laughs> Where is her name? Uh, oh, uh, oh gosh. Why do I pick names that I can't pronounce? Uh, Feyre. Madam Feyre, mm -hmm. thank you for your intervention, and I appreciate the chance that you gave us. Perhaps in the future we will cross paths and... Another adventure that will possibly be absolutely damning to whatever persona I take on that day. Mm. I look forward to it. And she looks completely trustworthy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so too, Ian. And as Ian walks away, I'm going to do like just a little curtsy, like, uh, yeah, thanks. And just sort of like trot off after him. And, and as you go off on your way, you hear them begin Holding discussing the things with the, the bandits, but it is none of your concern. No, but what do I hear? What do I hear? You have your prize. I want to hear something. It becomes mumbled whispers as you Ah! Hear. Not hearing things. And that's, that's a good place to wrap because when we will talk, you will bring the crown back triumphantly next session. Triumphant! I want to I wanna come in just as a note to my future self. I want to come in like holding the bag over my head triumphantly like... <laughs> And hopefully I will remember to have this more thoroughly examined just in case something terrible <laughs> happens. But you know what? Who, who knows what's going to happen between who now knows? and then? I know. Future Ian. <laughs> that so that, that, that's going to be our session for today. And once again, we want to thank 
the wonderful and lovely Jay Clark for joining Enchanting us. Enchanting and magnificent. And, 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 <laughs> and giving us uh, a wonderful, wonderful uh, tips and tricks. Yes, thank you, Jay Clark. And, Not uh, a problem. It was Yay! a blast. Um, once again, uh, we want to thank Bookshop Media for producing Huzzah. Thanks, Bookshop um, Media. And doing all the wonderful work they do behind the scenes to make sure that we're able to come in here and have some fun. Whoop, uh, whoop. So um, feel free to check them out bookshopmedia.com there's a couple other podcasts that are very wonderful and interesting to go listen to over there just definitely check them out they got a really good new one that just came out so uh absolutely yeah oh yeah so the website like we just sort of mentioned it but the website is new so it is as jeff said bookshopmedia.com it's got us on there. It's got a few other podcasts. And the most recent one you were talking about is Neighbors and Wanderers. Yes. The first episode of that just dropped. I can say just dropped because we're like professionals and, stuff, <laughs> and I know these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the end of what I want to say. And then, uh, <laughs> yes, and you can find Jocelyn and I elsewhere uh, at the Geek Renaissance on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's a... Uh, and you renaissance without the e <laughs> because i didn't know when to stop i should have put geek renaissance but i didn't i put the i should have anyway and, past mistakes we and we have some old them. videos on youtube but there's some new stuff coming this year we go ahead and subscribe and get ready for those to come out and thank you once again to jay clark yep bookshop media and we will see you guys next time or hear you or you'll hear us you'll whatever. hear us next we'll time talk <laughs> to you. and uh huzzah huzzah huzzah